The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I say it, I mean it, and we think it's absolutely true. Let's take a look at what the buzz is. Well, one of my favorite authors, bloggers, innovators, entrepreneurs, forward-looking people, Seth Godin, is the source for resource for my opening quote today. Listen up. People do not buy goods and services. They buy relations, stories, and magic. I just love that concept. Come on, you know who Seth Godin is. We're going to be talking today about his groundbreaking book published way back in 1999. That was 18 years ago, and it's celebrating its 18th birthday. The book is Permission Marketing, Turning Strangers into Friends and Friends into Customers. Seth is an American entrepreneur, author, marketer, public speaker. Uh, His history is massive. He has just completely tilted at windmills, pushed the envelope, opened the envelope, screamed out, look what I've got look what I'm doing, and change the landscape in so many ways for marketing and selling. He is born in 1960, so he's a young one. I'll let you look up what this was all about, the book. So, coined by marketing legend Seth Godin in the title of his 1999 book, Permission Marketing Turns 18 this year. Actually, I think it was last month. Happy 18th. I don't know whether it's going to be driving or not, but it certainly has been driving change for many years. What was Seth Godin's topic? His concept? It's a privilege, not a right, for businesses like yours. We know you're listening out there around the world. It's a privilege, not a right, for businesses to deliver anticipated, personal, and relevant messages to the people who want to get those messages. He also notes that consumers have a growing power to ignore marketing. So what does that mean? That means, are you going to be a marketing hunter, interrupting people, pushing your messages on them, waiting to be ignored or banished or unsubscribed to, or wouldn't you rather be a permission marketer, which is called a farmer? That's what we're talking about today. A recent HubSpot survey found that most people want to manage or filter the marketing messages they receive. That's you and me and everybody. You may be in business, but you also receive marketing from other companies. Well, we're also open to hearing from the companies we want to do business with. So the goal of companies, especially our focus here on Think Big, Work Small, the small to mid-sized enterprises, and even the startups, you want them to want you. I think there's a rock and roll song about wanting to be wanted. So if you're the hunter, 
It's time to develop better relationships with and save money by focusing your market on a more receptive audience. That's the name of the game. So happy, happy birthday to Permission Marketing. We're going to explore this very exciting topic. I think it's exciting with two of my special people here on this series, Lorraine Maurice, who is the Senior Director of Global Indirect Channel Marketing at SAP, and Lisa Durrett, Chief Strategist and Founder of a new company called Broad Insight, I-N-S-I-T-E. Lots of words packed into the meaning of that. Let's get started. Lorraine has sent us, Lorraine, by the way, is also the sponsor of this series, and we're delighted to have her on board with us here at Game Changers. So Lorraine has found a quote from Tim Ferriss, also young. He was born in 1977. He's an American author, entrepreneur, self-proclaimed human guinea pig, and a public speaker. He has written a series of self-help books on the four-hour theme. Some are so popular, they've been on the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestseller lists, starting with his book, The Four-Hour Workweek. He's also an angel investor and an advisor to Facebook, Twitter, Sumble Upon, Evernote, and Uber, and host of the popular podcast, what else? The Tim Ferriss Show, F-E-R-R-I-S-S. Here's the quote. Think big. And don't listen to people who tell you it can't be done. Life is too short to think small. Love the quote. Lorraine, how are you today? And welcome back. Terrific. Thank you, Bonnie. Happy summer. Happy summer to you, too. And and are we going to sing happy birthday to Permission Marketing and to maybe to Seth Godin as well? What do you think? I think that would be delightful. However, I think Seth has Seth has had more than enough recognition from us today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are kind of loading it up. By the way, big important question, Lorraine: Do you pronounce yes. his name Godin or Godin? I'm always curious about that. I pronounce it Godin, and that's how I've heard it pronounced. Okay, we'll just keep it that. By the way, I subscribe to his daily blog. I get it, I think, six six or seven days a week. And what amazes me, Lorraine, about Seth is that sometimes his blogs are about three or four sentences. That's it. And I get it. And it's a huge message. And he just packs it into the right words in the right format and gets it across. Some, like today, are about eight short paragraphs. And they're also packing in the meaning. So do you subscribe to his newsletter, Lorraine? I just started basically, and actually you made the recommendation about a month ago to me, and I, and I got online. And I agree. I mean, Seth is such a true marketeer and visionary, and he has just got an amazing talent for understanding the business world and then simplifying it into actionable bites that I think he continues to be a visionary by just doing the sound bites of three or four sentences versus three or four paragraphs. Very interesting. And, and and talking about permission marketing, I subscribe. That means I want to hear it. You subscribe, you want to hear it. And he doesn't let us down, does he? He does not. It's every day he is a new, a, new, a new interesting topic. So talk to me about permission marketing. You selected the topic for today, and we'll introduce Lisa and her quote in just a few minutes. But Lorraine, why permission marketing? Why is it important for SMEs to, quote, according to the title of the book, turn strangers into friends and friends into customers who want to be their friends? So why is it important? And do you think that most SMEs today or many that you encounter in your work are the hunter versus the farmer? What's your observation? So I'll answer it in a couple of ways. So the first thing is, you know, and based on even our series about thinking big, working small, I think that permission marketing is important because we have to think 
big and portray ourselves as small and medium businesses to a broad audience, a global audience, and we have to compete against some of the big guys. And permission marketing allows you to do that by identifying your audience and be creating a relationship with your audience. And in past sessions, we've talked about the fact that understanding your audience and having a relationship is key. And permission marketing is a tactic to help do that. Um, The second thing is that um, with social media and the internet and digital marketing being what it is, uh, we're we're being forced to truly look at what permission marketing is all about because you can easily be turned off and you can easily be turned on and it doesn't have to stay in and it can be like a light switch. So if you don't have that relationship and you don't gain the permission, then you lose an opportunity. And um, it's about just just being present, uh, being present with your customers, being present with your business. And so I think it's key because it it ties into so many uh, of the today's modern marketing concepts, and it also is so cost effective for um, small businesses, especially, uh, to, to to communicate with their audiences. It's easy. It, it's it's just as some resources. It's about content, and it's at the end of the day, instead of just do it like Nike, it's just ask. It's just ask. Ah. Interesting. Let me just toss one sidebar at you, Lorraine, before we bring Lisa on. I know she's waiting so patiently, but I'm thinking of companies that sell our our information, sell our email addresses in particular. And you know, and I know, and I'll find out from Lisa in a couple of minutes, your inbox at work and at home is filled with stuff, junk from companies you've never heard of, you don't care about, you don't want to hear from them. And sometimes you can't even find the unsubscribe button. And if you do, you risk them knowing more about you because you're basically talking to them and I'm always worried about doing that. So so is the catch 22 the companies are looking to quote unquote buy a contact list, a marketing list are at risk of offending and you know what I mean blank blank blanking off. I don't want to use the word on the air instead of building friendships they're really annoying people and that's built into the old fashioned way of just buying a list. What's your thought on that Lorraine? So it, it, it hasn't, it's changed faces. So there's an old Seinfeld episode where he's getting calls from a telemarketer. And, and by no means am I disparaging telemarketing because it is still a great marketing tool. But it comes around, uh, it comes in, he gets several calls, and finally he says to the person, hey, why don't you give me your name and your phone number, and I'm going to call you back at dinner time. And it was, it was a terrific <laughs> episode and a terrific thing that happened. So, yes, in today's world where you, you do have the opportunity to say yes and no to people who contact you, um, it, it is you can irritate them and you can dissuade them from doing business with you. Now, again, being a marketeer, lists and information are a great way to find people. I tend mm-hmm. to do a ton of research online. I'm also a big user of LinkedIn and other tools, and so my name is constantly put on lists. And maybe it's because of I'm, I'm a marketer, and I, I just let them know, hey, I'm not interested right now. You know, do not contact me again. And, and they're usually very polite because, quite frankly, there have been a lot of laws put in place that if you do ask mm-hmm. to unsubscribe, never even mind, un, you know, unsubscribing with the button. But if you even send that note, that they legally have to remove you from the list. So it, 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 it's it's really in the hand of the um, recipient. However, uh, the sender really needs to understand their audience. And if uh, it's a mass market approach and they're willing to take the small percentage that wants to say yes, uh, 
or if they're willing to, uh, if they're not willing to irritate, you know, the large percentage. Thank you, Lorraine. Appreciate that. Very interesting. We've got some legal issues in here as well as just the conversation about marketing. Thank you for answering my question. And now Ms. Lisa Durrett has been so patient. She's the chief strategist and founder of Broad Insight, and we found out about her company last time, but we'll ask her in a few minutes when we do the Up Close and Personal to tell us what Broad Insight does. Lisa has brought us a quote from the late, great Walt Disney. 1901 to 1966, come on, Disney World, Disney everything, Disneyland, Mickey Mouse, you all know. He was a prominent figure in the American animation industry and worldwide a cultural icon contributing to entertainment in the 20th century. He was considered a Hollywood business mogul, and he and his brother Roy O. Disney co-founded the Walt Disney Company. So here is the quote Lisa has brought us. People spend money when and where they feel good. Right on target. Lisa Durrett, welcome back. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? Thanks for having me back. I'm, oh, delighted. A little birdie tells me that when we get around to where are you calling from in a few minutes, you're going to tell me you're on vacation doing something exciting, but let's save that news. So talk to me about the Walt Disney quote, and then you can reflect on not only how it relates to our permission marketing focus topic today, Lisa, but how does it relate to what I was discussing with Lorraine in terms of permission marketing for small companies, buying lists, etc.? Go ahead, Lisa. You know, for me, I mean... I- Nowadays, everything, so much of everything is, is conducted online. I mean, I had friends last year that for Christmas didn't step foot in a, in a brick-and-mortar store. They did everything online. And so, you know, with all of the information out there and all the resources that are literally at our fingertips now, I think it's, it's exactly as the quote says. People can and do, you know, shop and buy and, and you know, associate with, with brands that they want to and brands that they like. And so I think one thing to remember with permission marketing is is it's, you know, an inferred trust. So when you go onto a site and sign up for a blog or something similar to that and you're giving them their information, you, you know, you're giving them trust that they're going to provide with you, provide you with what you want to receive and at the same time that they're going to value that relationship. So, you know, for me... You know, being a marketer, yes, I get that, you know, we're going to get some information. We're going to get contacted by people that we don't. But at the same time, there are instances where you know that I just went on this website and I just purchased something or I just signed up for something and now I'm being inundated. So, you know, for me, I have to weigh the value of what it is I wanted to receive. And, and there's been times when, you know, I will, for me, I consider, you know, you've, You've kind of taken that permission I've given you, and you've mistrust, you know, you misused my trust, and so I will end that relationship. So I think, as a small business owner, if you're looking to build out your contacts and consider doing permission marketing, definitely remember that that it's they're giving you their trust, and you have to value that and protect that relationship. Very well put. And and Lisa, do you use that unsubscribe button often in your personal life? Do you do you get a lot of emails where you say, "Nope, not going to happen," and you and you just hope that they will unsubscribe you? I know there's a legal aspect to this, but what's your thought when that happens? Are you annoyed there that you are, have to unsubscribe? There are some that I've that I've unsubscribed because you know very often they'll ask why, and you know if it gets to that point, and I want them to know, I don't know if they actually read it. I like to think they you know they probably just. Go, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, you know, when you want to give that feedback, I mean, where, 
this is the age of information. And so I'm hoping that on the other end, there's a marketer who will value that feedback and maybe do something with it. Um, a lot of times I'll just put them on my block list or, you know, send them right to junk mail. Interesting. Um, Lorraine and Lisa, I have a little personal sidebar here. Very interesting. I have my own talk show on Monday nights on a different internet channel, and I interview new authors. I meet at a publicity summit in New York. They are paid attendees, and I'm a media panelist, a specialist, who's brought in to meet them and give them promotions for their books or whatever they're working on. And I send out once a week a very brief, it's it's uh, MailChimp. You all know MailChimp. It's a free, uh, free like a marketing tool. You send a newsletter to, to your list. And when I receive the unsubscribes, now I'm talking as the person who is the marketer, quote, unquote, even though I'm not selling anything. I'm just sharing information. I'm not selling. When I receive an unsubscribe, it tells me who the unsubscriber is. And if it's somebody I know, somebody who's either been a guest on my show or whose show I've been on or somebody whose book I've promoted and been very generous to them and if they unsubscribe it's all I could do Lorraine I'm gritting my teeth and clenching my little fists and saying really you really had the nerve to unsubscribe from one email a week from me after what I did for you so there's a little bit of a personal it, it, the trust goes both ways Lorraine you want to tell me to, uh, to not be so sensitive and get a thicker skin Lorraine what's your advice on that one <laughs> Well, the first thing is, is I thought you were going to ask me for some of the legal applications, and I was like, I don't know them by heart, but I was no. going to say, you know, MailChimp is a great place to find information, and the related articles on legal, legal, you know, legal opt-in methods and offline subscriber methods. However, it's I didn't difficult, know right? that. But business, yeah. business is not personal, and so you, That's you right. cannot, and people, and, and and people's time is so valuable in the world we live in today. And the third, the third thing, though, so taking the, the personal aspect out of it, you then have to think about what was your, did your communication, especially to a person you know, did it miss the mark? So I would turn it around and use that lemon as lemonade and look at the communication itself and the type of people that unsubscribed and see if it's a different type of communication that I need to send to that audience. Well, thank you very much. And the side note from you to Bonnie is don't take it personally, please. Don't that, take it personally. No, that's ma'am. also the message. Yeah, I know. I know. Very. One of the people who unsubscribed is somebody I inspired to start her own radio show. <laughs> I thought, really? Oh. One email. Or we, or we know who our friends are, don't we? So now it's time for our up close and personal segment of the show called What's in Your Cup Today. Lorraine, where are you calling from? You can give us a little weather report if you want to. And what are you drinking that makes you smile? Because, Lorraine, whenever I speak with you, the smile comes through. I hear you smiling. And everybody really, really appreciates that. So, Lorraine, what's in your cup? Where are you? And what's making you smile today? So thanks for that compliment because uh, I am a firm believer that life is good and you should smile. So thank you. Um, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and it is a beautiful sunny day. We had a big thunderstorm last night, which was quite um, fun to, 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 to listen to as you go to sleep. I am drinking something called skinny water. And interestingly enough, probably lots of people know about it. And if you Google it, you know, it's got lemons or cucumbers or mint. But I, I bought mine, and the reason I bring it up is I bought mine from a very new small business across the street from me, a little new um, uh, organic restaurant that sells soups and porridge and salads and these different types of water. 
And the interesting thing was is that they actually did permission marketing because I went in one day and they were out of the skinny water, which is the only one I really liked. And they asked me if they could put me on a list and when the shipment came in to send me a note. And I'm like, absolutely. So my skinny water is delicious. It's water with lemon and it has a hint of cayenne pepper. And I'm not sure it's going to make me skinny, but it does make me smile because it's very tasty. (laughs) I like that a lot. We're not sure. but And by the way, while we were talking, Lorraine, you know I'm addicted to multitasking. I Googled permission marketing and MailChimp, and I came up with an article, The Importance of Permission, and it's dated June 13th, 2017. So it's not, you can't get much more current than that. And it says the first step to building a successful list is to get permission from subscribers who want to receive your email campaigns. Permission is not only common courtesy, it's be, it's required by our, their terms of use. You'll learn about the importance of commission, permission, I'm sorry, and what you can do to secure it, and then they go into how they define permission, consequences without permission, spam reports, spam filters, etc., etc., blacklists. So this is part of their knowledge base. I didn't even know they had a knowledge base. So Lorraine, thank you very much appreciate that. Lisa, tell us where this magical vacation is if you want to share with us the reason why you're there and what are you drinking today? I am in Tampa, Florida today. Um, My son plays ice hockey. I know I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Crazier things than to uh, put your son in ice hockey when you live in the south, but um, he's actually in an elite hockey camp down in Tampa, Florida, and so we made a vacation out of it. And uh, it's been nice, a little bit rainy, but today is sunny, so I'm hoping I'm actually, I have to tell you, I'm in the car, in the parking lot, outside the ice rink. So I'm hoping and praying that we have no thunderstorms come through this afternoon. <laughs> we are hoping um, and, and praying as well. And a lovely yes. uh, big glass of iced tea that I got from um, this wonderful resort that we've been staying at. And is there anything special about that iced tea? Do you think it's homebrewed just for you in the kitchen of the resort? Did they put any special? I'm sure they made it just for me. Just for you. Permission marketing customized just for you, dear. And does it taste like it has sugar in it or or, uh, agave syrup? Can you tell what the sweetener is? I have to admit, um, without naming names, but, you know, I'm addicted to McDonald's sweet tea. (laughs) And, uh, And I, it's. Got so many calories, so I've been doing um, half sweet, half unsweet, because I'm, I'm sure that's not much of a difference, but at least I think it's being healthier. So the nice gentleman um, at the resort made me a to-go cup of half sweet, half unsweet tea with some lemon in it. What a, what a sweet, half sweet, half not sweet sweetheart he was. <laughs> Very, You know what? You can always take a lesson from Lorraine Maurice's playbook and name it Skinny Sweet Tea, and then it Skinny really doesn't tea. matter it's just what's you know what's in your heart when you drink it. That's enough. <laughs> and speaking speaking of skinny, uh, yes, I wish and pray. I'm drinking my cool, clear glass of water from a Brita filter, and I have a pink straw because yay, it's gorgeous out today here in New York. I do have the air conditioners running because it gets a little warm in here, but uh, it's beautiful and clear, blue skies and sunny. The greenery is green, and the pansies in the flower boxes on my terrace are in full bloom. They're actually crowded together 
they're they're struggling for air and sunshine because they grew so thick. I must be doing something right. So flowers, thank you for making my happy day. We are happy, very happy to be celebrating the birthday, 18th. That's some kind of a wonderful milestone for permission marketing. What are we talking about? Well, we're having a party for it today. The book, the the source of this title is Seth Godin's 1999 groundbreaking book called Permission Marketing, Turning Strangers into Friends and Friends into Customers. I'm glad he believed in long titles because he certainly said it all. Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. Look him up, by the way. The Business, business Week calls him the ultimate ultimate entrepreneur for the information age. There you go. He has broken all kinds of records and markets, and he's a man to follow. You can sign up for his uh, free blog every day. It's delivered to your inbox if you want. Go find it. Just Google Seth Godin. I think it's called Seth Godin Words or Seth Godin Blog, and you can do it. So we're talking about permission marketing turns 18 coming to the party. We're already here, and we hope you'll stick around. Speaking with Lorraine Maurice at SAP and Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight. Lisa, before we go to break, tell us quickly, what does your company do? We provide marketing support um, and marketing how-to for small to mid-sized businesses. So we'll come in and help them either clean up their marketing, get a marketing plan in place, or improve the one they have, and then also help um, their staff to do marketing better. And then a lot of times what we see is some small businesses or startups know they need to do marketing, but they may not have a team in place, and so we'll be their virtual team for them. Good to know. Thank you. I'm sure your clients enjoy working with you and give you permission to tell them what to do. That's always a good thing. So we're going to take a quick break, 90 seconds. You can count them if you want. We'll be going out for just a minute and looking at notes from both of my guests to see where we're going to start the roundtable. We really have started it already, but there's so much more to learn from Lorraine and Lisa. There you go. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Absolutely, here we are. We're not going to sing the happy birthday song, but we're wishing happy 18th birthday to Permission Marketing, groundbreaking term in marketing coined by the one and only Seth Godin back in 1999. Yes, it's 18 years later. Oh, my. Speaking today with Lorraine Maurice at SAP and Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight. We're going to start the roundtable. We're going to do a little bit out of order here because Lisa sent me such a provocative topic. It's going to grab your attention the second I say it, and then Lisa will tell us what she means. Lisa says permission marketing is like dating. You don't start by asking for the sale at the first impression. You earn the right over time bit by bit. Lisa, this is like etiquette for dating and marketing and marriage and and relationships (laughs) of any kind. So talk to me. Permission is like dating. Go ahead. Well, it's exactly, you know, like like it says. I mean, I think what marketers need to remember, um, small business or large, is is it's a it's a it's a process. Uh, and so when you date, you know, what do you do when you go out on your first date? You ask lots of questions. You get to know one another. And I think that's the same thing for a business. When they are um, trying to attract customers, trying to get to know them, um, you have to ask questions. And you can start bit by bit, kind of drip along. Um, a lot of times I know when I go to websites and Maybe I've received an, or I've seen an ad that says, you know, download this ebook. Uh, so I'll go and I'll download it. And they ask, you know, your name, your phone, your email, and maybe one question about, like a personal question about you or your business. And then they give you the ebook. And then they follow up with an additional email or two, um, or they'll, you know, start pushing some ads to you. And bit by bit, they ask you more questions. Um, you know, what industry are you in? What are you interested in? If it's a consumer thing, you know, how how old are you? What do you like to do? So bit by bit, you're asking questions and you're building a profile of who the customer is. And, you know, I think permission marketing, like you said, is 18 years old. Um, and I think people have just, it's become a way of life because people only want what they want. Like Lorraine said, time is so valuable these days that they are expecting to be asked these questions and give you this information because that's what they want. They want customized personal experience. And I think permission marketing is, is uh, you know, it may be 18 years old, but it's certainly viable and I don't see it going away anytime soon. I agree, and I think that's a good thing too. Lorraine, love to get your thoughts on this, and I have a comment back to Lisa, but Lorraine, I want to hear you first. Sure. Uh, you know, I think permissions, I was listening to Lisa and she mentioned that, that, that back and forth is permissioning marketing has actually like opened up what we now call marketing automation. And we talked on a past show about something called the digital body language, which is, is attributed to one of the marketing automation companies. But it is that back and forth relationship creator that allows you to follow somebody to find their area of interest so that you do not like irritate them and that you actually can qualify them along the way. So whether it's like a HubSpot or a Marketo or an Eloqua or whatever marketing automation tool, that's truly permission marketing. You, you bring something up like an offer. Somebody like me like, hey, listen to this webinar, but sign up here. I'll sign up, and then it'll ask me questions. And based on how I answer those questions, directs that directs that company using marketing automation on how and whether they should um, 
either send me another email, contact me by phone, or ask me anything else, or just put me in their nurturing, you know, compartment of marketing versus a hot lead to buy something. So it's interesting how the concept of not interrupting people um, has come to asking permission, and then it's come to the point where, based on responses, uh, how you can create a relationship with somebody and virtually uh, see where they fit in the buyer's journey for what you have to offer. Thank you, Lorraine. Lisa, you want to wrap that one up? I have picked another topic from Lorraine's list, but I want to have, give you a chance to sure. comment. You know, the one thing that popped in my head since we were talking and comparing it to dating is, you know, to remember as well, you know, back when back when you're dating somebody or you have a relationship and you break up with them, a lot of times it's like, you know, you don't listen to me anymore. You don't hear <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. hear me anymore. And so it's so We don't communicate <laughs> when you when you build these relations to remember that it's an that it's a living thing that you have to continue to ask questions and continue to keep that relationship fresh because just because somebody has given you permission, you know, even just a month ago, maybe their buyer's journey or what they're looking for has changed. And so just remember that, you're, you know, there's always an opportunity to ask and learn something more about your customer and they're expecting it. And so, Bonnie, I have you, to jump, yeah, have to ahead, jump in because yeah. Lisa used a, a critical word, and that, that's listening. And mm-hmm. I, I just finished, uh, not finished, but I started a major project that actually is about social listening, and, but it's also about interviewing um, my customers. And the one thing they told me is that listening is the key to success. It's the key to success in my relationship with them, and it's the key to success in their relationship with their customers. So I think that listening is truly at the forefront um, of not only permission marketing, but of marketing in general. Again, the understanding of your audience and the what they need, right, what their values. I mean, I want skinny water, but if they had fat water, I may not buy it. <laughs> so understanding <laughs> what your customer wants and then how to provide them with um, informative information to, to help them make their decision is really what's being asked. And ladies, the one word I didn't hear you mention that I've been chomping at the bit to bring in here, I think it's time to mention it, is caring. They want either the real caring from the company or the idea that you are they are earning your trust, they are communicating with you, adding value, listening, but that all says to me that they care about me, even just a little bit. They care about me, and that's part of building up a long-lasting relationship. Lisa, comment on that. Am I off on a woo-woo tangent here, or what do you think? No, I think you're absolutely correct. And then, you know, I mean, it's sometimes I find myself even saying, you know, why am I so blown away with somebody sends me a thank you email or thank you for subscribing or thank you for purchasing this. You know, we hope that you enjoyed it or just checking in with you. Um, It's those little things and I'm always kind of first surprised when somebody does do it and then I'm surprised by why doesn't everybody do it? It's such an easy thing to to let your customer know that you care about them and and, you know, that their business is important. So I absolutely agree with you. I'm glad. Lorraine, any comments about the caring word? Well, I, no, I think it's critical because it really is about respect. 
It's about respect for, you know, time. It's about respect for the financial investment. Um, it's about respect for, you know, in terms of customer service. So I think caring is a, is, is a perfect word to describe what's needed. Uh, and, you I'm know, glad. I think Thank one you. other yep. thing I would add is we mentioned it earlier, but everything is so easy now, right? You just jump online, mm-hmm. you find what you want, you buy it, and there's a million places for people to go. Um, That's right. So, remembering that and remembering that they could have gone to your competitor or they could have done something else, but they chose you. They chose your business. Um, now, I, remember don't, that, I don't know if either, respect their, I don't know if either yeah. one of you are old enough to remember that back in the day when cold calling was the way to get into a company, Lorraine, you might remember, Lisa, I'm not so sure, the key that a lot oh, of people... Oh, she's there with us, she remembers. Okay, <laughs> uh, looking good. The, the key that a lot of people, that way to get the door open, that foot in the door without slamming it down with a big work shoe, was to find the name of the admin of the CEO or somebody in the C-suite mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. call that person at the beginning of the day and say something nice like, hey, I heard it's your birthday or... Or how is your son doing in soccer? Or I'll be in your city next week. Uh, can we have lunch? Nothing on the on the off, you know, nothing offsides, nothing uh, in, innuendos. But to befriend that person and make him or her, in those days the admin was usually a woman, make her feel cared about. And that was supposed to be the key to getting her to let you talk to whoever the person was in the C-suite of the office behind her. Lorraine, you remember that? That was supposed to be an insider trick for getting in the door. What do you think of that? Caring, listening, adding so, value? Yeah? So, so Bonnie, I, I had a small business. It was a promotional item business, and it was uh, happened right at the recession, so it was really a tough time for branded merchandise. But what I did was I baked homemade goods, put them in a branded box with a branded tea bag and coffee and a coffee packet and had my flyer attached. And I went and dropped it, would go to an office park and drop it off with the admin person as a thank you gift and just say, hey, hey, you know, if you you know, need or if you have the right person. And I would tell you that probably 80% of the time I walked away with somebody's name um, no, didn't go. get all the business. I would say probably less than 5% of the time did I get business, but I got the name. But wow, it, like, it that, worked. But that cold calling was really an early version, if you think about it, of permission. Yes. Because you got, per, you got permission from the first person, but you just had to get permission from the second person. That's right. Lisa, any, any resonation with you, resonance about this idea of the, the genesis of permission marketing we're talking about? No, I think, you know, what we've been talking about all along are different kind of offshoots of it, but they all come back to the core, right? And that is you know, establishing relationships with your customers, however um, however you need to do that. Um, and the other thing, you know, I was thinking while we've all been talking is that the one thing that permission marketing enables you to do is, is to truly establish, you know, we call them profile, customer profiles, buyer profiles, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And you can be as granular as you need to be so that with the admin of MailChimp or these other uh, marketing automation systems, you can be very niche focused and have, you know, four or five different um, campaigns going at the same time because it's you have that data and data is so valuable right now. But you can really build as many different profiles as you need to to best serve your customer base. So whatever it takes, I'm all for it. <laughs> 
Thank you, Lisa. Now I want to bring in a very harsh word in this conversation. The word is interrupting. And this goes back to in the beginning when I said in the beginning that you can either be a marketing hunter or a marketing farmer. And uh, I'm, Lorraine, I'm looking at your notes here. You talk about the biggest problem with mass market advertising, according to Seth Godin, our guru for today we're referencing. And uh, Seth, happy birthday again for Permission Marketing. Great idea. Still resonates. The The problem is that it fights for people's attention by interrupting interrupting them. Ah, how does that work in today's social <laughs> selling environment, Lorraine? That interruption, is it getting tweets every 30 seconds or getting too many LinkedIn invitations from people you don't know and you don't care about who have nothing to do with you? Talk to me. How, how is interrupting working against SMEs? Well, I think it's actually not working against them. I think it's working for them if they're, mm. if they're using social marketing as part of their marketing okay. plan. I think, if, and in combination, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a balance between traditional and social, and that has to do with permission, permission marketing as well. But with the, with the onslaught of social, it, it's, it's less competitive because once you get your brand out there and you do get the permission, then people, they become part of you, right? They download your app. They accept your email. Um, they get it daily from Seth Godin or if the water comes in. So those are ways that a small business using the Internet, the websites, and, and social, you know, are actually have more opportunity to be more effective in the modern world. Um, what's becoming less effective is in the interruption marketing. And if you actually go back to my quote and if you sit down and, you know, and, and you don't, you know, try something and you don't, you know, and you don't think big and you don't listen, that's where you get caught up. That's where you stay stuck and you're not moving your net new names forward. You're not uh, servicing your customers. You're not showing that caring and respect. So I think that permission marketing really enhances a small business because you find the people that want to do business with you and you don't have to buy a huge list and you don't have to spend a ton of money, you know, with other marketing and email or telephone calls, you can actually be more specific and more targeted. And so Mm -hmm. conversion rates are better. Um, Long-term relationships are better. Maintaining your reputation becomes better. It's so much more cost-effective and it's so much more, it's so much easier because you can be more targeted. I guess I could become passionate when you ask me about, you know, the benefit for small businesses, because I think this is where those of us in small and medium businesses and supporting them truly can succeed, because when you do do business with the small business, like Small Business Day that American Express talks about, it is about the relationship, and it is showing a caring for the individual in most cases, um, or, you know, the individual company versus a conglomerate. And and that lets the personalization of permission marketing come through and shine through. Lisa, thoughts on this? And I have another topic I'm pulling up from your list, Lisa, but I'd love to get your thoughts to Lorraine's comments. What do you think? Um, You know, I have to agree with Lorraine. I think too often I see small businesses, you know, assume that, you know, to, to really compete with my big competitors, right, the bigger names or the ones who have more market share, I need to do what they're doing and, you know, you're talking about competing with sometimes companies that have, uh, where you may only have a couple thousand dollars for marketing, they have tens of thousands or even millions of dollars mm-hmm. that they spend on marketing and advertising. You know, the big name brands, you know, you just 
spending your money and you're not going to get the results. I think the value and the beauty of permission marketing for a small business is, is exactly that. You can deliver very targeted information, content, even special offers, and you'll see a much higher conversion rate uh, for much, much less dollars. Um, and so as a small business, when you're trying to to grow, um, I think permission marketing um, should be almost top of their list when they're looking at, you know, building out a marketing plan and understanding how do I grow my business and how do I establish my brand. I think permission marketing should be, you know, at the top, definitely the top three. Thank you, Lisa. Now, I'm looking at your notes here, and there are a couple of terms are popping up I'd like you to define for us. One is re-permission. What is that? And number two, talk about fake permission versus genuine permission. What's the difference? Lisa, in any particular order up to you, where do you want to start? So re-permission kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, when that is just because a customer has opted in, they've, they've granted permission for you to send them information to to email them, to, to contact them through social, whatever that is, and then you just let it, you just let that initial permission go and you don't continue that conversation and you don't constantly, you know, kind of remember to re-engage them and get more information about them or learn how their business has changed, perhaps. You have to constantly re-engage and get that permission refreshed, but if you just are emailing them and contacting them and sending them details based on that initial permission, eventually they're going to say, you don't even know who I am. You don't know what my business wants. You're just sending me this that I that I asked for six months ago, but now I'm here in my business and now you're no longer relevant, so I'm going to hit the unsubscribe button <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, okay. And then when we're talking about real permission and fake permission, you know, it kind of harkens back to that trust. And so real permission is you've asked for a certain amount of information in exchange for whatever it was that you said you would do with that information. So let's say you're signing up for a blog. I'm signing up. I'm giving you permission to contact me for the blog. Um but I'm not giving you permission to do X, Y, and Z. And then as a company, you start doing X, Y, and Z, then that's fake permission. You're not delivering against what you promised the customer. Um, and so for that, we have to be careful. And, you know, whether that, you know, you said you weren't going to sell my information, now I'm getting inundated. Or I asked for all of this, but I told you when you asked me questions, I'm maybe my buying cycle is, um, you know, six-plus months out. And now you're pushing all of this on me. You're you're kind of you're going you're overstepping my permission that I gave you. Mm, you don't want that. Lorraine comments on repermission, fake, and genuine permission. What do you say? Well, one thing is there's probably another article on um, a Mailchimp about rep- reposition marketing because, uh, as Lisa said, it also goes into a legality whether you truly do have permission in some of those cases. If you, whether it's a call campaign or an email or a direct mail, on uh, whether you're truly, um, you know, uh, able to send that person more 
and it becomes a spam. So I, I think it's important that people understand about that the repermission of marketing and what's spam and what's truly what I would call nurturing. And so repermission marketing, in my opinion, is also could be called nurturing. And it goes back mm-hmm. to the, that kind of the marketing automation aspect of it. So I've marketed to you and you've said yes, but then I kind of went a little dormant. But then you kind of sent me a little teaser, but I answered yes again and yes again, so I'm good. But if I, you came back to me and I said yes and then started saying no, it changes the dynamic of our relationship. So it's truly important, again, from a, a nurturing aspect of seeing what interests your customer, what doesn't interest, what you're bringing value with that truly gives you permission to keep the conversation going. And if the conversation isn't kept going by your customer, then, then you are spamming, and it's something to be careful about. Yep, and I looked up, of course, on MailChimp in the knowledge section, and they have something called maintain permission. Permission goes stale. If you write, Lisa, if you don't actively send to and engage with your subscribers, if you have subscribers you haven't, who haven't been sent to regularly by you, we recommend you reconfirm the addresses outside of MailChimp to reduce bounces and abuse complaints. It's also a good idea to include a permission reminder in each campaign you send. This reminds subscribers how they got on your list and why they're receiving emails from you. Lisa, is that a good thing? Oh, absolutely. It's just like Lorraine was talking about. You have to be, it's a fine line between permission and spam these days. Um, And I think, you know, we're having so much information almost thrown at us. Yes, people expect to be asked questions. Yes, people, you know, are used to giving permission. Um, But when they give you permission, that means they want to hear from you. They're interested in something that they saw or something that you sent them. And so, you know, I think from a small business perspective, the, one of the most valuable things that you can have is, is your database of contacts, your database of customers, whether they're leads that may eventually turn into customers or actual customers. And so the best thing you can do is, is you know, nurturing care for that information. And what better way to do that than to stay engaged with your, your customers, your leads, the people that have granted you permission, um, stay engaged with them and continue to, you know, just reaffirm, reassure, go back to that care comment that you made. We're, you know, we're sending yeah. you what you asked for. We're listening to you. Um, you know, you're important to us. And, you know, we want to just continue this relationship. So, absolutely. Thank you. And I just posted the link for the on the knowledge database on MailChimp in terms of best practices, and that covers a lot of what we're talking about. Lorraine, I didn't realize they were such a great resource, and so are you. Lorraine, we're technically in the crystal ball predictions round, but I think we can get you each to have a prediction in 60 seconds. So I want to cover one more topic very quickly. Lorraine, you told me before the show, marketing is a contest for people's attention 30 years ago. People gave you their attention. All you had to do was ask for it. You could interrupt their TV show, and they listen to whatever you have to say. But now the average consumer will see or hear 1 million marketing messages. That's 3,000 a day. That's beyond the scope of our brains. Lorraine, quick comment on that, please. <laughs> I was like, if you were reading those statistics, I was like, oh, kill me now. I can't take one more yet. I'm Here I am in marketing. Um, you know, it's funny because... Uh, Marketing is right. You're you're trying to win something, and what you're trying to win is a customer and, and a relationship. And where I think it's interesting is that the word contest in in this 
question can go two different ways. It's the contest of winning the customer. It's the contest of getting your message across. It's the contest of uh, your brand becoming recognizable. So now let's take that contest of winning business and turn it differently. Use the word contest differently. Contests are a great way <laughs> to do permission marketing. Uh, you know, ask a question on Twitter. Offer you know, offer something on Facebook. Something that engages uh, your um, consumer. There's an H and H and R block, and I don't remember all the details, but they were trying to get a more upscale you know, taxpayer to participate with them and, and, you know, and to get their taxes done. And they ran a contest asking a few questions and they got like 50,000, you know, uh, responses. Well, that became their list. That became their list to start gaining permission. What They had permission, you know, to do the first, uh, you know, the first thing. They got their brand across, they got their offer across, and then they just had to nurture it into a sustainable relationship. So, Two things, you know, a contest is about winning, right? Winning your customer. Mm-hmm. But the second part of the contest is about gaining the information so you get the customer. There you go. And now it's time for me to get to the crystal ball predictions round. Ms. Maurice, let's look in the crystal ball. I can give you 60 seconds. I know you'll probably take 90 and that's okay. I have enough. <laughs> Lorraine, 2020 is coming up, three New Year's Eves away, yada, yada. We all know 2020. Will anything dramatic happen to permission marketing other than the fact that it'll be 21 years old and able to vote? Oh, my. In 2020, we'll have to send Seth a real birthday card at that point, Seth Godin. Lorraine, what will change about permission marketing in the next three years? Talk to me quickly. 90 seconds. Go. So this is probably the easiest one for me, and I think it's already started to happen. And that is um, it, it is the onset of things like Netflix and Amazon uh, you know, Prime TV Spotify on the radio, uh, you know, Pandora. It is our ability as a consumer to pick and choose what we want and if we want to be interrupted. So for a few dollars, you can pay not to be interrupted because you can pay for the service, you can eliminate Mm -hmm. commercials, uh, and you can eliminate advertising. I think that what we'll see in the next few years is that it becomes more about the customer and less about the more about understanding your customer and what is key to solving their business problem or to enhancing their everyday job function. And where that will change with permission marketing is that if you know that information and you're able to communicate, you know, that value to your customer, you'll you'll be better off. It'll increase your marketing tenfold. Thank you. Tenfold is a good number. Lisa Durrett. Uh, 60 seconds. I give you 90, but just barely. Go ahead, predict, please. <laughs> you know, I think, um, I agree with Lorraine. I think we're going to see permission marketing. It definitely is not going anywhere. Um, I think with all of the technology we have today and the ability to, you know, deliver um, custom on-demand information and custom on-demand products and services, I think... You know, I may be stretching here, but I almost think that I see permission marketing going down that road as well with all of the intelligence that we have. I think that we'll almost start to see companies be able to deliver individually customized campaigns based on, you know, their customer's profile. I think they'll know that Lisa, you know, gave us permission to contact her for this information. This is the products and services she's interested in. 
And it's so affordable and so easy to send her this information now through email and social and whatever other new channels might pop up. I think you'll almost see custom marketing, individual custom Mm. marketing. And will we be falling in love with our chatbot advertisers, Lisa? Will we be making friends? With the, will the AI, artificial intelligence-infused chatbots, be winning our hearts and minds? And we'll say, yes, Alexa, yes, send me more wine, send me more subscriptions, I, you think? I, Probably that one makes me cringe a little, but <laughs> I know there's an advertisement on on CNN that where they're asking somebody it's a pre- preview for one of their shows, and they say, "Do you think we'll fall in love with technology with robots?" And the person says, "Yes, we already are." And think about the movie Her, and I'll leave it at that. Lorraine Maurice, <laughs> such a pleasure. Lisa Durrett, Lisa's cringing. Have another iced tea. It's not cringeworthy. <laughs> Lisa Durrett, have a great time. Hope your son does great in in what he's doing down there in Tampa. Have a great vacation. I'm Bonnie. D. Graham, as I like to say on Thursday afternoon, this is the end of our market, uh, the end of our broadcasting week. I'm not marketing, I'm broadcasting. Game Changers Radio, we did another five live shows this week. Delighted to be here. Hope we're changing the game for you. So here's my call to action. After I thank Kevin Gassman at the Business Channel World Talk Radio for being our intrepid engineer this week. Kevin, always a pleasure. So fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Lorraine Maurice. Be like Lisa Direct. Go out and be a game changer today. Get some permission marketing. It'll make your marketing life a lot easier. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.